Hello world, I'm Rochelle Indra, a life coach here to teach you the shit they should have taught us in school but didn't. Our society has a vested interest in keeping you stuck and unhappy so that you will try to buy your way out of it. But that's where I come in. I'm here to teach you how to give them all the middle finger. Week by week, I'll share bite-sized strategies on tackling overwhelm, onboarding good habits, creating boundaries, and actionable steps to rewire your brain to actually work for you instead of against you. Are you a woman who's been wanting to do your inner work? You've been wanting to work through childhood trauma, ancestral trauma, wanting to find a way to be 10% happier, wanting somebody to tell you the things that you don't already know that will just, boom, spark the right idea? then think about joining the Sisterhood Group Coaching. If you're looking for accountability to stay on task with the things you are wanting to learn, if you're wanting that nudge in that right direction and a sense of community, other women who are doing this work alongside of you, then I highly recommend you stop this recording right now. We'll be here waiting. This podcast will always be here for you. And go sign up for the Sisterhood Group Coaching. Join us. You deserve it. Hello, hello, and welcome, fam, to another episode of The Shit They Should Have Taught Us in School, But Didn't I Am Your Fearless Leader, Rochelle Indra. And today we have an interesting topic. I mean, obviously, I think all my topics are fascinating, but this one is really interesting, I think, to dive into something I hadn't thought of until it happened to me, and it really, there's a different spin on it for men and women and how this affects them differently. And I know that a lot of times, because I'm female, we do a female perspective on this. I know a lot of my listeners are female, though I do love that I have some male listeners. That's always been great. I have at the co-working space I go to uh, a couple weeks ago, and a guy came up to me, and he's like, I follow you. And I was like, home from work? This is getting really creepy. What? He was like, no, no, no. I follow your podcast. Sorry. Sorry. I follow your podcast. And I was like, ah, yeah, probably lead with that, sir. So I do know that I have some male followers, which I just love, but we do a lot of things from the female perspective. Also, because I do a lot of work around the patriarchy and how, you know, we have a society built on a patriarchy and what does that do to women and the female experience and the shifts that need to change and how we need to really be leaning out of the masculine and into the feminine, not necessarily leaning away from men and into women. We all have masculine and feminine in us. We need to lean into our feminine if we're going to really do something about this life that we are all living. Ah, But all that for another podcast. Today is one that if you have a male, somebody identifies as male in your life, this is a great podcast to share with them because there is an interesting, as I said, idea about how this hits men differently than how it, it hits women in society. So I started this idea because I went to get a massage when I was flying back from a trip to Hawaii recently, and I'd hurt my neck while on vacation, as one does, and I was had a long layover in the Seattle airport, and so I decided to get a massage at one of those little kiosk things, a chair massage. And I sit down to the chair massage and I tell her, oh, you know, I hurt my neck. Could you work on that? Sure, sure. And it started out wonderful. She was amazing. I was like, oh my God, yes, this is it. This is what I need. This is going to be great. And then I was like, God, this is really starting to hurt. Okay. Okay. 
whatever. It's probably what I need, right? This is what I need. I've got this sore thing. She's doing a great job. She's really getting in there. It's just really painful. It's like, whew, wow, this is, um, this is like stinging and burning. This is not usually the kind of pain I experience with a massage, but I'm sure everything's fine. She's just probably getting in there. New technique, right? All these things I keep telling myself. And I was like, wow, this is extremely painful, but that's okay. Cause she's probably going to move on to another part, another part of my body. And I was like, well, she's not moving over. She's just keeps going at it on this one spot. And I'm like, should I tell her to move over? No, I don't need to tell her. She knows what she's doing. She's doing a full half hour massage. She's doing it her way. She's the professional. I just need to let her do her thing. And then I was like, oh, well, maybe, you know, it's just, it's getting more and more painful. It's actually causing like tears in my eyes, but I'm like, it's going to stop soon. I'm sure. And then I thought, well, maybe I'll just tell her to work on my lower back. And I thought, well, maybe that's not really her thing. Or maybe she's like going to say, but I, I'm doing what you asked me. So I had all these reasons. I didn't say anything. And at some point it got so painful that I just decided to like do some breathing techniques through it. I was like, I'm just going to breathe through the pain. I'm sure everything's fine. I just need to deal with it. And it will probably be over soon. And then finally it was over. And I was like, God, that was so incredibly painful. But of course, I said, thank you so much. That was so great. I tipped. I walked away. I went to the bathroom to look at my neck to see if I could see why it was so painful. And I had like a huge gash on my neck, like the size of a quarter, maybe a little larger gash on my neck. And then blood on my necklace. And I realized I was still wearing my necklace. Not only that, they were little crystals, <laughs> like sharp little crystals. She was grinding my necklace into my neck. I'd forgotten to take my necklace off. She hadn't mentioned to take my necklace off. I do not know how she didn't notice that she was grinding my necklace into my neck the whole time. To the extent at which it began to bleed while I was on the airplane, my next flight home. And I came home and Shauna had picked me up from the airport and I told her and she just was like, are you serious? And I was like, I know, I know. And I just thought, this is so fascinating because I do this often. I will put myself in a place where I am in a lot of pain or a lot of discomfort physically and emotionally. And I do this because I don't want to hurt somebody else, inconvenience somebody else. I can deal with it. I can push through it. I can make it okay. I don't want to change something up. And how much this gash on my neck is reminding me that I shouldn't do it, especially when I'm paying for it with tip. I tipped. And I decided to do a little TikTok on it just to, you know, kind of say the same thing. Like we, who else is with me? Who else has ever done this where we've not said, Hey, I'm in physical or, you know, emotional pain here and just put up with it. So we didn't hurt or inconvenience somebody else. And I just thought, ah, just a cute little video. No big deal. I thought many times about not even putting it up and it was got a hundred thousand views within like two days. And so many heartbreaking comments, heartbreaking comments that people brought up. And we really didn't even get into emotional pain. We really stuck with physical pain, which was so interesting because I thought, well, people want to talk more about emotional pain they go through with other people. But no, this was physical pain. People just had the most incredible stories of 
physical pain they had put themselves through, whether this was a massage, whether it was a bad haircut where they actually, somebody said that they actually got their ear cut and were bleeding and they didn't want to say anything to the hairdresser, a bad manicure, pedicure, somebody lost their hearing from standing in front of a speaker at a concert because somebody else wanted to stand there and they knew it was way too loud, but they didn't move. Just story after story of how we do this. And I don't think we talk enough about how we do this when we don't want to cause anybody pain when we're going through something emotionally. When something is emotionally not okay for us, when people ask inappropriate questions or say inappropriate things or put us in situations where we're really uncomfortable emotionally, that's not acceptable. And we so often don't stand up for ourselves in those situations. But I was shocked at how many of us do this when we are in physical pain, that we are willing to put ourselves through physical pain to not cause somebody else emotional discomfort. Yeah. And I have a feeling that listening, you have probably done this because I was shocked at how many people had done this like me. And some people had worked on it and some people had worked through it and had really bad experiences and didn't do it anymore. I hope I don't do it anymore. I hope I get better at this. But I was shocked at how many of us are doing this. And I bring up the point of men and women because I think that so much, there's so many reasons why we do this as women. And I'm sure there are so many reasons why men do this as well. And I always think, oh yeah, you know, men do this, but women do it more because we have society's pressure as women being raised in this country in this time that we should be helpful, accommodating, nice, good hosts, lovely, charming, sweet, above all else, that we never inconvenience somebody else. We never take up too much space. We never make ourselves a problem for somebody else. We put everybody else's needs in front of our own. We are trained that as women subconsciously, consciously our entire lives. This is what society puts on us as women. And it also puts some of this on men as well. There are men that suffer from this just as much as women do. I don't notice it as much in men. I do think that we usually tend to tell men that they come first speak your mind, be assertive, be aggressive, all this sort of thing. But it does it does affect some men as well. The way I think that this specifically affects men differently is that we are told not to inconvenience anybody else. So we put ourselves through physical pain because of that. Men are taught to never be weak. Men are taught to never back down, to not be a wimp to not be a pussy, to not be a girl about something. So I'm willing to guess that there are men listening to this who are saying, oh my gosh, I've done this too. I have put myself in situations of physical pain, right? A lot of men talk about sports and how they didn't want to do things or they knew that they were being asked to do something that was beyond them or not safe. But they did it anyways because they didn't want to appear weak in front of a parent or a coach or a teacher because men are supposed to be strong. Brene Brown has a book on shame, 
I think it's called Men and Women in Shame. It's really good. I highly recommend it. I listened to it on a podcast, uh, or not a podcast, her audio book, because I love that she reads it. And I'm always a fan of any author that reads their own work. And she originally started talking about women's shame and didn't really talk about men's. And then when she was going and doing some publicity for it, men would come up and be like, well, why aren't you talking about you know, men's shame and what men go through? And some men had shared stories about having to shove their feelings down and their fears and their insecurities and their knowing that something wasn't right because they're supposed to be big, tough, strong, aggressive, able to handle anything able to take it all on, able to support the family, able to take care of the family, give their life for other people, put themselves in harm's way for women. And that's not necessarily fair either. So I wonder how often men are doing this, putting themselves in uncomfortable, physically uncomfortable situations and probably uh, mentally uncomfortable situations as well, right? Because we tell men that they certainly aren't supposed to talk about their emotions and how they're feeling about something that makes them sad or unhappy or hurt or insecure or vulnerable or feeling guilty. We don't allow men to talk about those things. So I find it fascinating. I hope that if you have this discussion with a man or you're a man, you're listening to this, I would love some feedback on what this experience is like for you. And I think that a lot of it, as I said, comes from society. So if you're sitting there going, oh man, I do this. I have done this. I have one of these stories. I have 17 of these stories. Yeah. Yeah. I'll bet you do. Whether male, female, non-binary, we're all getting these messages from society of how we're supposed to be, right? Docile in so many ways. And so really taking time to look at, why do I do this? Do I do it because society has trained me this way? Because my parents have said, be the tough guy or be the nice girl. Don't inconvenience people. Don't look weak. Those sorts of things. So are you getting, is it from that, that message? Or is it also because you feel so bad when you have hurt somebody, whether that's physically or emotionally, and it hurts you so deeply that you don't want to do that to somebody else, that you're so afraid that they will feel about it the way that you feel about it? Could that be it? Could you be coming from a place of misplaced compassion? I'm mean, not that we should want to hurt people, but is it misplaced Because you think, oh my God, I would feel so bad if I did this and I don't want them to feel bad. That can happen as well. Another place, and you guys know I love to talk about this. We talked about this more in season one than I feel like we have in season two, but childhood. God, you guys know I love to talk about your childhood. The thing you probably don't want to talk about. Let's do it. Childhood. There's a lot of childhood reasons why we may not stand up for ourselves when we are in physical pain. Some of it may be the most obvious, which is that we are used to physical pain. We may have had a parent that pushed, shoved, pulled, hit, kicked, slapped, grabbed. We may already know that sensation. We may already be somebody who is able to shut down when we're in physical pain. 
numb out, go somewhere else in our head, move all of our physical sensations to the center of our body and numb out our limbs or the places that are in physical pain because of the childhood that we had. That's the more obvious of the childhood patterns we look at. But a less obvious one might be boundaries. Were you not allowed to have boundaries as a child? Were you not allowed to stand up for yourself? Were you told when you stood up for yourself, oh, you don't need that, you don't mean that, you don't get that, you can't have that, you don't feel that way? Were you gaslit purposely or accidentally as a child? Were you made to feel like your wants and needs and boundaries were not okay? Because when that happens, we stop having them. We stop having those boundaries. You can go back and listen to some of my earlier podcasts I did on boundaries. But we stop believing that we can stand up for ourselves, that what we feel and think and want isn't okay. And it isn't as important as what somebody else thinks and feels and wants. Usually our parent, perhaps an older sibling or a younger sibling, somebody else in the household, other people. Some people try to you know, raise their children to be so loving and giving that what they've actually accidentally done is raise their children to believe that every other person in the world is more important than they are. Mm. Yeah. That's something we don't talk enough about. It happens to a lot of us. So starting to look at that. There's also this great great, God, I've thought about this a million times, when, especially when I'm working with clients. It's a great experiment that was done, I want to say the 70s. I'm not really sure uh, the exact timeline it was done, but they took a bunch of people and they had, had bowls of ice cold water. And they took people who had abuse or neglect in their childhood and lined them all up. And then they had a different group of people who had quote unquote, normal childhoods, whatever the fuck that means. I don't know exactly know what a normal childhood is. I think normal childhood is usually the one that's pretty fucked up, but people had quote unquote, normal childhoods. And they had people who had the normal childhoods put their hands in the ice cold water. You didn't know it was ice cold, it just looked like a bowl of water. And people were like, oh my God, wow. And pulled their hand out immediately like, oh my God, that is so cold. Holy shit. Ah, God, that was so cold. It hurt my hand. Pull it out immediately. Then the people who had neglect or abuse in their childhood put their hand in the ice cold water and kept it there until somebody told them that they could take it out. And the people doing the study said, didn't this hurt? Wasn't it uncomfortable? And they were like, yeah. I said, well, why, if it was, if it was painful, it was uncomfortable. Why didn't you take your hand out? And they said, because I didn't know I was allowed to. <sighs> yeah. Let that one sink in. Yeah. Because I didn't know that I was allowed to. A lot of us will put up with things that aren't acceptable because we have a pattern of believing that that is what we have to do, that we have to numb out, we have to put our wants and needs on the back burner. You know, and I I say that, but for so many of us, we're not even putting our wants and needs on the back burner. We simply don't even register that we have them. We don't know that we can take our hand out of the water, that we have a right to, that is our right to not be in pain for somebody else. 
Yeah. So I know this topic can hit hard. I know it did when I did the video about it. So I want to make sure that I'm giving you some ideas for like, okay, yes, Rochelle, that's me. You're speaking my language. You're talking right to me. Feels like you're reading my diary, uh, which I would love to read your diary. So anytime. Um, But how do I change it now that I realize I'm doing this? And the first thing is to be aware. And whether this is physical pain or emotional pain that somebody's putting us through, I think I should do an entirely other episode on emotional pain. Let me know if you want that one. But whether it's physical or emotional, being aware, that is always, always, always the first step, being aware that we're doing it because so much of what we do is subconscious. So being aware, oh, I'm doing that thing. Oh, and sometimes we're aware a couple of days after. Like, so when we say awareness, awareness isn't always like, oh, yep, I know it's happening right now. I can see it. Sometimes it goes from never being aware to, oh, I'm aware of it when I think about it four days later. Oh, that's what happened. Like with me, right? Didn't think of it until I saw Shauna's face and I was like, oh, right. I did that thing. Yep. Yep, I did. Sometimes it's like that. It's when we talk to a friend about it and they're like, holy shit, how can you let that happen? Oh my God, that's so unacceptable. We're like, oh, oh, okay. We talked to a therapist, a coach, a friend, family member. And then we say, okay, somebody else tells us and now we're aware. Maybe it's 20 minutes after. Maybe it's during. Maybe it's before. So we can back into it that way. So don't get on yourself if you go from never knowing this or seeing it to suddenly being aware of it 20 minutes after it happens. Hey, that's still progress. I'll tell you what, especially going from being not aware at all. So awareness is the first part. And then we have to look at our self-love, our self-worth, and our self-confidence and start re-looking at how do we retrain our brain to believe that we are worth it, that our physical safety, our physical comfort is more important than how somebody else feels. And of course, all this, I must say the caveat, I'm talking about people who are not intentionally hurting us. This is a woman I don't believe was intentionally hurting me, right? Somebody who cut your nail t- too close, you know, at, at a manicurist, it's not intentionally hurting you. The hairdresser that cuts you is not intentionally hurting you. This is a whole different podcast if the person is intentionally hurting you but on the assumption that they're not. We start being able to speak up for ourselves when we know that we have value and we have worth and we are important. And our safety and our comfort is the most important thing. That we do not have to be uncomfortable or in pain for anybody else. We matter. And we matter the most. We matter the most to ourselves. And we should. That's why they always say, put your mask on before you put anybody else's mask on. You are the hero of your own story. And I know that seems simple, but how many of you listening are not the hero of your own story? You're an ancillary character. You're the secondary character in your own story. Maybe it's time to start stepping into being the central character of your story, the focus the most important. And it starts with self-confidence. It starts at looking at where did you lose that confidence? Did you never have it? Is this something that you need to build from scratch? Is it something that you need to rebuild? 
but it's about starting there. I hope this is helpful. Love you guys.